Hey, it's hitting hard with John Chuck. We welcome in. And on today's show, we're going to preview the Atlanta Braves. Opening day is tomorrow. And a couple of records that I think the Braves are going to beat. And also, Tiger Woods is going to make his triumphant return to the Masters tomorrow. What does it mean in the world of golf? It's hard hitting with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We welcome you into episode four of Locked On Sports Atlanta, hitting hard with John Chuckery. Please give us a like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We provide you links every day for where the show is. So we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us some likes. Give us some reviews. Tell us what you think. We're so glad to have you as part of our audience. Growing every day. We can't thank you enough for being a part of everything that we're doing here at Locked On Sports Atlanta. So always subscribe. Always tell 10,000 of your friends, if you would, to help us out as well. We do want to tell you a little bit about our new friends that we've got with us. It is Shady Rays. They're an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for just a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, premium high-end finishes. Also, something you're not going to find anywhere else, it's Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. So Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every single pair. They're going to send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Are you hearing me? They're going to send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what. Give them a try. If you don't love them, you pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, if you head to ShadyRays.com, that's ShadyRays.com, and you use the code Locked On L-O-C-K, E-D-O-N, locked on, you get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Check them out today. All right, as the Braves get ready for opening day coming up on tomorrow, thought we'd take a look at the uh, this upcoming season, of course, Braves coming off their World Series championship run. And what a miraculous run when you think about the fact that arguably the best young player in baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr., wasn't a part of this. Marcelo Zuna, who they had brought back and given a nice contract to after winning a Silver Slugger as a DH in the National League the previous season, he misses most of the second half of the season, most all of the season, after he had broken his hand and then, of course, had his domestic dispute and was basically held out of the remainder of the Major League Baseball season. So all in all, when you talk about what a great one run it was for the Braves, outstanding. Well, now we shift into this year, and it's a new look, new style type of Braves from the sense of Freddie Freeman, the leader, the, the unquestioned heartbeat and the heart and soul of this organization is gone now. But you replace him with literally the best guy you could go and find. I don't think you could have handpicked or cherry-picked a guy better than Matt Olson to come in here. Gold glove winning first baseman, left-handed power hitter, maybe doesn't hit for the average that Freddie does, but he's got every bit the power, every bit the run production, lots of extra base hits, and he gets on base a ton out there. So will the Braves miss Freddie Freeman? You know, not from what the production is at the, you know, on the field part of it, but I do think that there is a definite loss when you talk about clubhouse and things like that. And why do I say that? Well, for one, you heard Brian Snitker say that when there were things going on or he needed another voice, he would go directly to Freddie Freeman. And Freddie Freeman was his conduit 
to the remainder of the clubhouse and the other players. He would go directly to him. He would ask his advice, ask him to speak to the team. He would ask all kinds of things out of Freddie Freeman. So we know for a fact that that conduit go-between guy was Freddie Freeman between the manager and the players. And I don't know that the Braves have a guy that's like that. This probably falls more on Brian Snitker now to sort of be that leader. You think about all of the guys on the roster and how many guys played for Snitker in the minor league system. Remember, Brian spent so much time in their minor leagues that whether it's Riley or Ozzy or whoever, those guys spent a lot of time with Brian Snitker when they were down on the farm before they came up to the Major League Ball Club. Now it falls on some of your veterans, Duval, Rosario. I know it sounds crazy, but even, you know, Marcelo Zuna, well, he had his issues and all that. Yeah, I understand. But still, you know, Brian Sicker made it pretty clear. He served his penance. He did his time and things like that. And guys are going to, you know, come back on board with him. But I think that missing component of what Freddie means and just the face of the franchise. We talk about when the national games are on Fox and things like that. That's the guy they go to. They mic him up and they do the audio and they put him on the video and they do all this kind of stuff, right? You know, there there is that face of what Freddie Freeman bring, brings to this club. But if you look at offensively at this club with, with Riley at third, with Dansby at short, Ozzy at second, Matt Olson at first, they still have the best infield in Major League Baseball. I don't think there's much dispute. And you think about how good those guys are defensively. Olsen's been a gold glove winner. Ozzy's terrific at short. Dansby should have a gold glove already at shortstop. And Riley has gotten better every single year to where he's made himself one of the best defensive shortstops at third base. So offensively, defensively, they're loaded for bear. They brought back Travis Darno. They're going to keep William Contreras up, even though that he is probably going to switch some positions. He'll place him outfield or third, or they'll mix him in. And he can be an emergency catcher. You know, he obviously had his issues last year when he came up, but can be an emergency catcher. So they're great at catcher. Two years ago, Darno was the silver slugger winner. Offensively in the outfield, when you look at once they get Ronnie back and you mix in Ronnie and you mix in Duvall and you mix in Rosario and you mix in Heredia and you mix in Ozuna, you mix all those guys in there. And, you know, again, we'll see what the lineup looks like or more of the outfield jockeying of position looks like because, Ronnie's on the 10-day IL to start the season. No real surprise there. Coming back from, you know, missing all of the second half of last year, coming back off that injury, not really a surprise or anything like that. But I will be curious to see how Snitker puts the flow of those outfielders together. You would expect Duvall to play center field. You expect probably Rosario in left. Maybe Ozuna plays right. We'll just see what that combination of outfielders looks like. But obviously, when you talk about once you get everybody together and the DH and everything else that goes along with it, you know, Heredia can play, you know, he can play multiple positions in the outfield. As we said, Contreras is going to get some looks out there. They've got plenty of pieces. And then you start looking at the starting pitching. The funny part about the starting pitching is people are having some concerns and worries about your fourth and fifth starters. Can I tell you in Major League Baseball, that is first world problems. When you have to reach down to fourth and fifth starters, then you're in a really good spot because you've got Charlie Morton, you've got Max Fried, and you got Ian Anderson. Okay, those three guys can win and keep you in a crap ton of games, and they will. Morton had a great season last year after a really basically mediocre, below-par COVID 2020 season. He bounced back nicely, and I thought last year I said that he'd lead this team in innings and strikeouts, and he did. 
Max Fried was up and down. You know, Max Fried at some points, especially in the second half of the year, Max Fried in the second half of the baseball season was as good as any pitcher in Major League Baseball. But he had his issues in the first half. He had the injuries in the first half of the season. I expect him to come back and really be the unquestionably. He's going to be the opening day starter now. I really think that he's on pace for a good season. And Ian Anderson's just hitting his stride. If he can stay healthy, you know, now he's got a couple of years under his belt. And the bullpen, bullpen's as good as anybody in baseball. You added Kenley Jansen. If you want to play lefty-righty with your closers and Jansen and Will Smith, you have that availability. Now, Luke Jackson being out is definitely going to hurt. But when you've got guys like Matt Sick and some of these guys that they have trotted out of the bullpen over the last few years, uh, their bullpen is loaded for bear. So everything falls into place for the Atlanta Braves. And one name to keep your eye on, too, Uskar Noah. If he can come back and pitch like he did before he broke his hand last year, he's a really valuable piece, and he really bailed the Braves out a lot last year during the season before he broke his hand. And then the dumb thing about breaking his hand and all that stuff, but that's another topic for another day out there. So no reason to think that the Braves aren't still the best team in the National League, even with Kimbrell and Freeman and all the former Braves headed out to L.A. and this, that, and the other. Remember, we slayed that dragon last year. No reason to think that we can't be the best in baseball. Now, when we get back, we're going to talk about two records that I think the Braves are going to break this year, two team records that I think the Braves are right in line to break and take care of this year as they make another run for a World Series championship. It's hitting hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on hitting hard with John Chuckery as we continue to talk about the Atlanta Braves. We're going to talk about two records that I think the Braves are going to break this season to two numbers to watch out for. But first, let me tell you about my folks over at Built Bar. We've been talking about Built.com is your place to go. You're looking for a healthier alternative, right? You still got that sweet tooth. You want a snack. You maybe broke your New Year's resolutions and, right, like it didn't take very long to dive back into the candy bars or the popcorn or whatever you got going on, okay, whatever kind of crazy, goofy thing that you got, but Built Bars and Built.com. Built.com is the website to go to. want to tell you about the Puffs. We've been talking about them here, how good that they are. They're the first protein-infused marshmallow. Yes, that's right. First protein-infused marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. So you're looking for a healthier alternative, okay? What kind of flavors do they have? They got the yummy cinnamon churro. They got the coconut marshmallow, the banana cream pie. Go to built.com to check out all of the different flavors that they've got. But unlike a candy bar where you're talking about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, all these net carbs, you know, all the crazy things that they put in there. You're talking about things that are 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. And they've got a whole line of nutrition bars that you can check out at Built.com. they got the mint brownie, the coconut, coconut almond. And for this month, it's the white chocolate cookies and cream. So if you're into that white chocolate cookies and cream deal, that's the new flavor. They're going to come out with new flavors monthly. I mean, they're going to come out with flavors, all kinds of, you know, all kinds of different flavors as you check them out. So I want you to go to Built.com today. And if you do that, by the way, Use the promo code LOCKED15. LOCKED15, you get 15% off your order. Now, listen up, jabronis, all you ham and eggers out there. LOCKED15, you get 15% off of your order by just putting LOCKED15 as the promo code at Built.com. 
So with the Braves getting ready to play tomorrow and opening up the regular season, there are two numbers, two, two numbers that I want you to watch this season. I do think that the Braves are going to set the franchise record for the most runs scored. Now, let's make sure we quantify this because all of you sabermetric geeks, all of you analytics junkies, all of you metrosexual whatever things, I want to make sure that you understand. I'm not talking about the Braves of 1894, 1895, 1896, 1897. I know that that's the run scored records you know, the first three or four run scored records that the Braves have not talking about from the 1800s. I'm talking about, let's get into the 20th century. Okay. Let's get back in our time machine and let's start with the 20th century, not the Spanish American war. Okay. The Braves, I think are going to break the 907 runs scored by the 2003 Braves. And I've talked about that team before. That's one of my favorite Braves teams. And they, of course, disappointed greatly by losing to the Cubs and Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor. But that 3 team, when they brought Sheffield over and they put Chipper in left, Andrew in center, Sheffield in right, they mashed. And they put Javi, who had 40 homers. They were, look, Marcus Giles had a monster year. Cal had a monster year. They were a juggernaut offensively. Their outfield, I mean, I want to say that their outfield was almost 100 homers, and they were about 400 and like 420 RBI between those three guys. I mean, it was absurd how well their outfield played. And Chipper going to left, you know, was a big deal, you know, because they brought Vinny Castilla in to play third base. But that outfield and that offense that year with the season that Javi had, and, and Javi, I mean, let's, let's be honest, Javi never approached that kind of season again. But that team set the record with 907 runs in 2003. I do think this offense is more than capable. Once they get back Ronnie, the addition of Matt Olson, where maybe a younger guy, maybe he shows even more pop because his role is going to be to drive in runs. And Riley coming off of one of the best seasons that we've seen from a Braves third baseman since Chipper Jones. And obviously Duvall led the league in RBI last year. Rosario and his contributions, if he can be like that for a whole season for the Braves, then you mix in the potential of Dansby and Ozzy being 25 homer, near 100 RBI guy. Ozzy's a 100 RBI guy. Those guys obviously are as good a duo in the middle of the infield, both offensively and defensively, that we see. I mean, that's Trammell and Whitaker, maybe even better than, than those kinds of guys out there. So I do think that the 907 runs for the Braves that they scored in 2003 is going to be one of the records that falls. Now, the other record that they just about broke last year is pitcher strikeouts. The 1,423 strikeouts in 2018 is the all-time Braves mark. They came enormously close last year. Last year, they had 1,417 strikeouts. So they only missed tying, well, they only missed beating the record by seven strikeouts last year. I think that when you look at Max Fried, if he stays healthy and he's ready to go all year, I, I say only, but he only had 158 strikeouts last year, and his strikeouts per nine innings were were down a little bit from a couple of years ago. You know, when he had his big year in 2020 and 2019, you know, those strikeout per nine innings numbers were pretty good, and they were down a little bit last year. I think he bounces back. I think Ian Anderson with a full season bounces back. And I think when you look at their bullpen, 
when you look at Will Smith and Kenley Jansen and Tyler Matzik, those are strikeout types of pitchers. Those are guys that, unlike the Chris Martins of the world who are trying to hit bleeders everywhere out there, those guys are coming in and they're throwing strikes and they're getting swings and misses out of all of it. So they were enormously close last year. And think about all the issues that they had with injuries to starters, to relievers, to this, to that, whatever, but, 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 right? I think that that 1,423 strikeouts from 2018 is going to fall this year. And look, we're in, if you look at the Braves pitcher strikeout numbers over the last handful of years, they're all like the top five numbers of all time because we're in an era where the whole league is about home run strikeout right? Like the whole league is all about, can you swing for the fences or you just don't make any contact whatsoever out of all of it. But I think a rejuvenation of, look, I don't think Morton is going to have a step back year. You know, and you think about how good he was last year, you know, Morton himself contributed what? He had 216 strikeouts last year. He may not be exactly 216, but let's say he's still flirting around 198, 200, somewhere around in that range out of all of it. I think that Ian Anderson, Max Fried are a couple of guys. And then, like I said, you look at Tyler Matzik, you look at Kenley Jansen in that bullpen. Those are big-time swing and miss guys. And I think Matzik, you know, you look at Matzik and Minter, I think the confidence that they got from that World Series run last year does carry over into this season. I definitely think that you're going to see those two guys continue to build and be even better year over year. And I think that's the exciting part. Their bullpen's as good as anybody in baseball. So if I had to pick, you know what, the Braves, Braves are going to do three things this year. They're going to arrive, raise hell, leave. That's what they're going to do this year. They're going to smash it all over the ball yard. They're going to strike everybody out. And I still think that they're the favorites in the National League. And it's funny because you look at the National League East, you hear about, oh, the Mets, uh, you know, they spent all this money. They're, if it won for the Red Sox, they're the ultimate flea bag, dirt bag organization. Sorry. Sorry if that offends. No, I'm not sorry if it offends you. Screw that. I, I, I don't care. They stink. I, I'm tired of the Mets. Can't stand the Mets. I don't want to hear about the Nationals and Juan Soto and all this kind of stuff. For God's sakes, they're still trotting out Patrick Corbin. How many home runs and you know non-strikeout years anymore is he going to have? And then the Phillies. Phillies are trying to load up, right? I mean, for God's sakes, they've spent you know a, a billion dollars on payroll over the last few years. They might as well get something out of all of it. I don't see any of those teams breaking through. I just don't. I, I don't I don't trust any of those teams the way that I trust the Braves and the reason that they've won four consecutive pennants for all of it. So look, the Braves are still the class, but I want you to watch for two records, 907 runs scored in 2003 and 1,423 strikeouts that they had in 2018 as pitchers. I think those are the two records that you're going to see fall for the Atlanta Braves. All right, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woo is back, teeing off tomorrow. What does it mean for the world of golf? How much excitement is there right now for all of this? Hitting hard, I mean, with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hitting hard with John Chuckery continues here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us some likes and some reviews. Tell us what you think about the show thus far. We appreciate everybody being a part of all of this, and we're trying to grow our brand daily, so make sure you subscribe to all of our Locked On Sports uh, Atlanta family. We got the Falcons, the Hawks, Braves, everybody that's out there. So don't forget, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Check all of that out and find all of the shows on 
the network. Well, tomorrow, big news. We got the confirmation yesterday that Tiger Woods, Tiger Wu is going to play in the Masters. Now, he's going to tee off tomorrow at 1034 in the morning. What does this mean? I'm going to quote you from Darren Rovell, who put out this tweet earlier today. Tiger is the most bet by tickets and money at almost every sports book this morning. DraftKings has taken the biggest bet we've seen on Tiger to win the 2022 Masters. $10,000 to win $400,000 if he does actually win it. So when we talk about guys who move the meter in sports, LeBron, Tiger, there's only a very few small number of those kinds of guys in the world of sports. Tiger is one of those guys, and it really is the buzz. Did you see the pictures yesterday of Tiger just playing his practice round? How many people were surrounding Tiger Woods? And they got the par three tournament, all that today. I don't think he's going to play in all of that, but certainly come tomorrow at 1030 in the morning, he's going to be up, and I'm going to tell you the ovation and the crowd and the noise when he hits that first tee shot tomorrow. It's going to be like a wrestling pop. It, and it's it's an outdoor venue, obviously, on a golf course, but it's going to sound like they were inside an arena for a Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling pop. That's how loud that thing is going to be. Now, look, do I think Tiger Woods is going to win the Masters? No, I don't think that he's going to win the Masters. And I, and I don't think the expectation should be that just because he shows up, he wins the Masters. The fact that he's even playing in this thing is a medical miracle unto itself. Look, the word amputation was used when talking about Tiger Woods and the injury that he had. There was that, that word was actually used in, okay, are we going to have to amputate? Think about that. And you go from that to now teeing it up at the Masters. I don't know what Tiger's going to look like. I know that he's got a great short game, and that's going to probably keep him alive for a while. I don't know if he's going to make the cut. I don't think he's going to win. I, I think it's a really good field this year, and you're seeing a lot of younger golfers that are starting to step up, and you're seeing some weird, unfamiliar names that are at the very top of the, the rankings in, in golf right now. But just his presence alone brings TV up. It brings interest up, brings viewership up, brings betting up. It brings everything up for the world of golf and the world needs more tiger woods that most people and, and nobody's i'm not going to say universally loved because there are plenty of people that don't like his behavior and things that he did and to his wife and all that i get all that and understand all of that but there are a few guys at the level of love and admiration that people have for tiger woods and look the car wreck thing, that was his fault. <laughs> you know, that let's not beat around the bush. That was him being reckless and all this kind of stuff that, you know, whatever you want to kind of put onto all of that, he caused all of that. Okay. But the fact is that he made it through and now here he is back at the place where he most belongs. And that's at the Masters out of all of it. So when he tees off at 1034 tomorrow, I don't know what the biggest crowd ever is. I don't, you know, obviously they always sort of limit. They do have a head count that they have at the masters. You know, there is, there is a, un, there's a quote unquote unofficial entrance um, allotment that they have. But now that we're, you know, and I'm, I'm really happy that now that we're past COVID and things like that, and they get full galleries back and all this kind of stuff, that this is one of those moments where it probably wouldn't have meant the same, say 
you know, a year or two ago with COVID and limited galleries or this or that or whatever like that. This is full bore. We got everybody back. Everybody's ready to rock and roll. Guys are coming back. There's an excitement level for the Masters. It's back here in April, right? It's not in November or whatever. You know, it's not any of that kind of craziness out there. It's where it belongs in this, you know, first weekend or two of April. And that roar he's going to get to, to, you know, no pun intended for all of it. That ovation that he's going to get, I'm telling you, is going to rival a wrestling pop out of all of it. And just the fact that he can get out there and he can play a round or two, I don't know. I mean, the tournament is certainly better if he can just keep pace and make the cut and things like that. And again, if he's on the winner, you know, in the winner's group on, on Sunday, you know, that's a whole other thing or whatever like that. But not trying to get too far out in front of my ski. Can Tiger win? Sure. You don't get to this level of being at the Masters and all that kind of stuff if you're not capable of winning. Every every golfer that's that's out here, by and large, except for some of the amateurs and things like that, are probably capable of winning the Masters. And you're talking about a guy who's one of the best, if not the best of all time in Tiger Woods and his impact on the game. And you can see, too, that so many guys on the tour are happy to see him back as well because it makes everybody better, right? You know, they say that a a rising tide lifts all boats. That's what Tiger is. Tiger is the rising tide that everybody's boat is lifted with it, right? So, I mean, it's one of those things where when he's part of the scene and he's part of the activities and part of the action, everybody's engaged. Everybody knows that he's a threat. Everybody gets on top of their game, right? And it's the Masters. I mean, the Masters as it is, is the glamour tournament of all tournaments. I mean, there's no better place for him to make this kind of return than at Augusta National, right? Like, it wouldn't be the same if he was at Shinnecock, right, or somewhere like that. It wouldn't wouldn't be the same if he was at TPC Sawgrass, right? It's Augusta. It's the Masters. It's spring. It's, you know, the rightful place of the Masters tournament. And I think that it's going to be great to see him out there tomorrow. And, again, you see the kind of money that is being bet with Tiger Woods, you see the dollars that he generates for it. I know the Masters folks are excited this could be. I know they love the idea of Tiger being able to play. And they were quick, by the way, too. If you notice how quick the Masters was to come out and make their proclamations of, you know, well, Tiger said he's back. Yeah. He, and he's been on the list. I mean, it's not like he hasn't been on the list. But I think the eagerness and anticipation from him flying in. I mean, when you're tracking the jet path of a guy and, and he's – coming for a practice round at Augusta like he did last week with his son or whatever like that. What does that tell you? What does that tell you about how how much of an impact a guy like that has in, in the world of golf? But I think it's, you know, you got Freddie Couples and all these guys talking about, man, he looks great. He's, you know, whacking the daylights out of it and, and this, that, and the other. And the Masters will be interesting because they've done some changes to the course. They have mixed up some of the holes and stuff. They've kind of changed up some of the layout of the holes and stuff like that. So it will be interesting to see how this tournament looks, and just what he can do. But again, 1034 tomorrow morning, if you're by a TV, you know, and you're somewhere or you're online on the computer or whatever like that, if you're somewhere where you can watch all of this, man, you you got to be loving this thing. And I'm excited to see what that crowd looks like and how big of a pop that he gets tomorrow at the 1034. And that's his official tea time is 1034 tomorrow morning. 
All right, we thank you so much for being part of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. We want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us, review us, tell us what your thoughts are. We'll tweet out you know, later on today when the show is uh, up live and ready to go for you. And uh, we always appreciate all of your support here as we continue to grow. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Lockdown Sports Atlanta.